welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about the moody diva we all know, we all love her, Eintracht Frankfurt. My name is Chris. I'm coming to you live from the Motor City, Detroit, Michigan. Our other panelists that you know and love, they're off tonight. I assume they're all reviewing video from the weekend, viewing video for our future opponents. I'll be honest, I have no idea what they're doing. Uh, but I've called in a substitute from the bench. So we're going to keep it in Big Ten country. Um, you guys know I'm a proud Spartan from here in Michigan. We're going to fly across Lake Michigan to Wisconsin, where my guest host for the night is Jason. Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I had to uh, go through our Rolodex to find someone, and I thought, let's keep it local right here in the real Midwest. I know yep. Brian likes to think Kansas City's there, but uh, I guess that's a debate for another time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Jason, tell us about yourself. Uh, why on track Frankfurt? Yeah, so um, about 10 years ago, I actually was able to go to a Frankfurt match. Um, they were in the second Bundesliga at that time, and they played Bochum. Um, and I was just amazed by the atmosphere. You know, here in Wisconsin, I'd been to Lambeau Field for Packers games, but that pales in comparison to a Frankfurt match. Um, and I was hooked, and I've been hooked since. So um, this past summer, I was really lucky I was able to – travel around Germany and see some Bundesliga stadiums, including Deutsche Bank Park uh, with my son. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all in for, uh, for the Moody Diva. How was the experience there, having the opportunity to take your son? And that's something my daughter wasn't born yet the last time I was there. Um, I'm so excited for that opportunity. How special was that for you to bring him into something that is so, you know, near and dear to your heart? Oh, it was great. Um, unfortunately, he is a goalkeeper and adores Manuel Neuer, and therefore the team that shall not be named. Um, but to have him, to have him, you know, just be able to travel with him and to have him come to uh, to Frankfurt and see the stadium was was amazing. It was it, it it was really great. That's great. So for those that don't know, uh, America's Midwest, where Jason and I reside. Uh, the majority of people here trace their family lineage through German immigrants and uh, especially here in Michigan and Wisconsin, uh, very strong German populations, German roots that go back centuries. Um, how's the following there for the Bundesliga? What teams have the better followings? Is it the usual bunch or there's some, some random ones thrown in there? Oh, there's, there's definitely some random ones. Um, we got a couple of professors actually at the University of Wisconsin. One is a Hertha Berlin fan. Um, he's uh, and then there's another one who's an Union Berlin fan, a Werder Bremen fan, um, and then just this past summer I went to a Ford Madison match and saw two other guys wearing Frankfurt jerseys. So it's 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 amazing. It's really cool. I uh, I see him around here all the time. I know we got a, a Werder Bremen guy. Uh, I've seen some random Hoffenheims and it's real neat to see the non Bayern and, and Borussia Dortmunds and, you know, the other usual suspects. I found a random person in a Frankfurt Jersey, uh, at the Detroit city match last week. I didn't have a chance to talk to her. Uh, it's still a misconnection I'm looking for her on Twitter, but you know, if you're listening, uh, wherever you are, hook up with us. Uh, we got a 24-hour Discord chat. The link is in the Twitter bio. 
Twitter at HEF pod, uh, hit us up there, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Matt does a great job with that. And, uh, our new website, you can contact us there, www.hefpod.com. Uh, you can contact us there. You can submit the place you watch the match. Uh, if you're having a watch party, let us know there and we'll broadcast it worldwide. So I've delayed long enough. I can't delay any longer. We have to talk about what happened this weekend. Wolfsburg won on track Frankfurt zero. Uh, you remember the Red Hot Chili Peppers cover of the song Love Roller Coaster? That's <laughs> that's kind of what this season feels like to me. You know, they give me a funny feeling in my tummy, but I don't know if that's always a good one or a bad one. Um, you know, this version of the Diva is particularly balanced. Like two good matches, two bad ones, two good ones. Now we're on the bad swing right now. Uh, so let's get into what happened Saturday. Um, in my opinion, we were out hustled, we were out muscled, and we were out coached. Uh, it's incredible how just a week ago I was sitting here with Matt and we were on a high talking about how four goals and back to back matches, you know, we're off and running this is going to be the trajectory for the year and then dropping two matches in four days against sporting and champions league play against wolfsburg in the bundesliga and scoring zero goals in back-to-back matches um for this match specifically against wolfsburg what were your thoughts in in our deficiencies yeah well frustrated was my first thought um but you know we had we, we had zero shots on target zero <laughs> you, you're not going to win matches if you're not scoring goals. Um, you know, despite the fact that we had, you know, some decent passing and some good possession at the end of the day, you got to finish. And we just weren't able to do that. Uh, and then if you take, you know, like at the goal, if I remember, it came off of a set piece, which is really, I mean, we've had a number of goals now scored on us off of set pieces, which is just driving me nuts. Yeah, um, we've seen them come out of quick plays from the middle of the pitch, and this one coming off the corner. Uh, it's kind of why I said we were out muscled. I know Trap came out to try and play the ball; he missed on the punch. Um, but you got to get a body on that guy. You, you know, if he's going to get a head on the ball, there's got to be somebody there in front of it, or you know, getting a body up in there just to push him and make him uncomfortable. For me, that yeah. was too easy. Um, and let's talk about the back line for a minute. The back four, oh. uh, Ansgar Knauf, uh, Tuta, Indica, Pellegrini. Pellegrini, for me, uh, I liked him in our, his early showings for us. He looked lost there for me this weekend. Totally agree. Even on, even on the set pieces that he took, they didn't look like he was, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what was going on where the ball just seemed to fly off of his foot. Yeah. And it's kind of both ends. You know, I know Matt did a great job on the last episode explaining why you want him taking those those free kicks even close into the box. But it just really is looking unsettled. I don't know if the injury that he had that had him out for a couple matches is still affecting him, Uh, but it's concerning at this at this point. Um, I want Lentz back there as soon as possible. Because uh, at least, you know, while he wasn't flashy, he was reliable there. And the other concern that I saw in the back um, regards yellow cards. 
when Jabril So took that yellow in the first 20 minutes, I think it took him out of the match physically. Uh, yeah. He wasn't able, you know, in a match like this where we can't get offense and he's been a good part of creating turnovers in the middle that turns into offense and um, counter possession. He really couldn't be his usual physical self in the middle. Yeah, totally agree. You know, and the other thing to, to consider, too, is, you know, with, with Pellegrini is now he's injured. Yeah. You know, so now what does our back line look like with both Pellegrini and Lenz out? Who do you, you know, do you continue to play with the back four or do you move back to a back three? And especially now, uh, you know, that left side just decimated by injury right now. Gota is not getting younger. We're going to ask him to track back a little more. Um, there might have to be a look at a little positional changes for some guys. Maybe Daichi Kamada going out wide or dropping back a little, which he's done in the past, um, into a, a middle three instead of a middle two. I don't know. Yeah. There's got to be some support there. Um, the one bright side we had on a reasonable shot at the target, even though it technically wasn't on target, uh, Christian Jakic from distance, oh. a rocket of a shot. I think oh, the I frame know. of that goal is still shaking right now. That was amazing. And that's where I, 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 I'd like to see him back, you know, teamed up with So, um, you know, sort of in that holding midfield position to get up there. And, I mean, he's been doing a good job, you know, on, on the right side there for the back four, but I'd like to see him back up there with So. Um, yeah. But then, you know, who do you put at right back? Yeah. You know, there's only 11 guys on the pitch, 10 that are moving. And, you know, once you – see someone do good work like that. You want to pair them with somebody else, but you're going to have to move that other person out of position too. And, you know, Kamada is a very um, versatile guy. He can move forward. He can move back. He's comfortable on the wings. I think he's the one you can move around the most. Um, Kolo Muani, we want him to stay up front. I, I don't really want to move him around. Uh, Goats is another guy. I think you could move back in, you know, he, he hasn't played any other position for us um, than that front line, but he has the experience, I think, where in in a, you know, gun-to-your-head position, you might have to call on him uh, to drop somewhere that he might be uncomfortable at. Yeah, and I think that's where his football intelligence would come into play there, um, being able to sort of see his experience um, would really help sort of direct uh, you know, passing if needed or organization. Yeah. So for the two matches prior to this losing streak, Randall Kolomuani had basically been the driving force for eight goals over two matches. And um, despite the fact that Jesper Lindstrom was pretty much non-existent there, we were still taking care of business and he was non-existent again in the match against sporting we called for him to take a little time on the bench kind of reassess things mentally so that meant uh rafael santos bore and colo moani together and i think we keep seeing these guys separately do great things we're just dying to see them work together because colo moani is our fastest most athletic player on the ball and Bore is fantastic at finishing when given an opportunity, but we're not seeing any sort of 
collaboration between them. Yeah. Is it time to abandon that experiment? Ooh, I, you know, that's a, wow. That's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, You know, it doesn't seem to be, you know, we, we, we were held scoreless now for two matches. Um, But then like you, you know, like you said earlier, we, we scored four goals in the two previous, you know, so I think it would be interesting to see, you know, I, I, I guess maybe try it again to see what happens either at Marseille or this coming weekend um, with, with the league match. Um, and if not, then it's time to time to readjust. Yeah, I agree. And we're still early enough in a in a league situation here. We can't do much for Tuesday's Champions League match, um, but it's relatively low risk on on Saturday. If you go back to this combination, maybe adjust things as far as the shape to try to get guys a little more active or a little more creative maybe. But there's we're still early enough in the league season where you can take a one-off risk at a new shape and not damage your chances. Um, for as difficult as it was to see our back line give up a goal off the corner, They've still been relatively solid, not allowing a ton of shots on goal and definitely not allowing high quality shots on goal. So if you're going to make adjustments in the midfield or in the, the the high part of the pitch, I think while the defense is playing well, that's a good time to make those moves. Yeah, and I think, you know, with the match that's coming up against Stuttgart, um, you know, I think that's a good time where we could see maybe a little bit, you know, it's okay to, to maybe try something different. Um, but you're right. It's, it's early enough in the season where if we need to make adjustments and we have the international break coming up. So that could be also a time to just kind of reflect a little bit and, and maybe think about what we could do differently for, for after that break. Yep, definitely. Uh, for stat gurus like myself, Frankfurt, 63% possession, 81% passing, zero shots on target. That You rarely see that kind of possession, that kind of passing lead to zero shots on target. I talked in the last episode about the spray chart where we're missing balls just from absurd close angles, missing them wide of the net. And I respect, you know, shoot where the goalie's not at. But if you're not hitting the target, you know, at uh, – Daichi Kamada had a shot from maybe four yards out that he sailed over the top of the goal. Yeah. You just cannot do that kind of stuff if you want to win matches. And, you know, we only held Wolfsburg to three shots on target. The goal, obviously, first half they had a header uh, that Trap made a good close save on. I don't remember where the third one came. But you're going to hold a team to three shots on target. I'll take that any day of the week. Um but we have to have an answer for it. And yep. until we do, points are going to be tough to come by. Totally agree with you. So that's enough. That was too depressing. We're not going to go any further with that one. Uh, let's, let's look around the rest of the Bundesliga real quick. What else happened in match day six? Uh, a couple interesting ones stick out to me. RB Leipzig uh, coming off their embarrassing loss to us. They rebound against Dortmund, a 3-0 win there. Uh, Dortmund is a, a weird bunch right now. They play a great game and they play a shit game almost back to back. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with them. They've got some mental 
issues plaguing them as well. A uh, couple other interesting ones. Stuttgart holds Bayern to a 2-2 draw. Um, there's one more I liked. Uh, Augsburg over Werder Bremen. That, that one's kind of interesting uh, from the sense that Bremen showed a lot of guts against us um, and against a couple other teams they kind of snuck up on in the last month here. And, you know, even though they they got picked off there by Augsburg, they're still sticking around in the top half of the table. Their schedule should get a little easier. Um, so we're looking right now after match day six, as I look at the live table, Union Berlin still up top. Um, I don't know how hot the seat is getting in Bayern right now, but it cannot be comfortable for Nagelsmann um, sitting in third after six weeks uh, on 12 points. Freiburg second with 13 points. That's got to be a hot seat in Bayern. They don't have patience for this kind of, I mean, they, look, they still have zero losses in the league, but three draws and three straight matches is not going to endear them to anybody down there. Yeah. Um, as for Frankfurt, we're sitting down at 11 right now. Uh, again, if you don't score goals, you're not going to move up the table. Um, it comes down to taking care of, of the work at home and against teams lower down in the standings and to give Wolfsburg their first win in the season. And yet they're still sitting in that relegation playoff spot. Yeah. Just, it's not a good look for us. Uh, we did it a couple years ago with Balcom giving them a, uh, easy points that kept them alive for a while. And let's just, let's get over this idea that, you know, we're a better team. We should go in and win. We're clearly a team that has some issues with staying focused or staying on script. So we cannot look at the table and say, Oh, this is going to be an easy matchup because they're sitting at 14 or, you know, this might be a tough one because they're sitting at four. We've always played up or down to opponents um, looking at the table and counting points before they're earned is just not going to be our way all year. No, I, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, we, we definitely need to win, you know, this, this coming weekend um, to go into that break feeling pretty good. Um, and even then, even, even with a victory, I think we still need to kind of reassess where we're at. You know, there just seems to be, like you said, a lack of focus. And I would say almost like a lack of grit when we're playing, like we just, can't seem to you know to really grind it yeah and we're going to get the end of that more as we talk about the upcoming champions league match as well um a couple notes here from the two bundesliga a couple familiar names really struggling right now uh in the the second division uh they're two weeks ahead of the first division uh, at the top of the table paderborn hamburg heidenheim and Darmstadt, the top four. But interestingly, at the bottom of the table, Greuther Firth, uh, zero wins through the first eight matches. They Not only did they fall hard from the first division, it looks like they're on a quick fall from the second division as well. Armenia Bielefeld uh, is sitting at 16. So, yeah, it's going to be some that, – that's always a fun one to watch later in the year. I just jumped into it because there's some familiar names there. But – Absolutely nothing is easy in that league and trying to earn promotion. You know it because you saw us in that second division a decade or so ago. It's hard. Once you go down, it is really hard to get back up. You can ask Hamburg about that. You can ask Darmstadt about that. Dusseldorf, they've been fighting year in, year out and just can't crack that top three. 
Yeah, and that's what you know, like you're saying, is at, towards the end of the season, that's when things can get really exciting. Is paying attention to, you know, for for both the first and the second Bundesliga is, you know, who's in that relegation and sort of uh, promotion zone, um, and watching the race there. Yeah. Um, we're going to get back to lower leagues in a couple minutes when we talk about on track Frankfurt two, but first uh, we're going to get to a segment that I'm an expert on more so than anything I could ever talk about in the soccer world. That's hashtag. What are we drinking? So Jason, it, are you drinking something now? Have you drank something recently that hit the spot? I've been on an apple cider kick recently. What's cleansing your palate right now? Uh, actually I just had a, <laughs> had a really good, um, it was a juicy cider, and I can't remember where it was from, but it was it was it was it was called extra juicy, um, and it was really good. It was that was one of those things where it was just really refreshing on a hot really day. Sweet, sweet or dry? What do you prefer? Um, I prefer dry. Oh, interesting. I'm a sweet guy myself, but that, yeah, you know, fruity, cider, fruity, ciders, yes. are, sweet, ciders yeah. are growing so much right now. Uh, everyone's doing ciders and. I kind of worry sometimes if, you know, I'm going to end up with something lower quality uh, that's just kind of rushed out there to fit the cider mold. But, man, when they do it right, it's good stuff. Yep. Yeah. So for myself here, um, I'm back on the Michigan beer kick. It's football season um, in Germany, and it's American football season here in the States. And my go-to during college football season here is Founders Solid Gold. They they actually say it's the go to beer for, you know, you get like, you know, I'm a I'm an older guy. I don't do the Bud Lights, the Miller Lights anymore. I need a little bit of quality, but sometimes you just need that simplicity. And founders figured that out with solid gold. Uh, It actually looks like that Coors Banquet can, but it's like 10 times the flavor. Well, founders makes really good. Like all their stuff is is some pretty good quality stuff there. Absolutely. Great stuff out of West Michigan. We got a tap room right here in Detroit, so it's good stuff. So wherever you're drinking, um, in celebration or defeat, whichever team you follow from week to week, it doesn't matter. You feel the highs, you feel the hoes, the lows, and uh, we drink with you. Prost. We'll be right back for segment two. Welcome back. Segment two, episode 237. Hey, on Truck Frankfurt. Uh, Jason in Wisconsin, Chris here in Detroit. And we're going to keep going with the, the lower division talk here for just a minute. On uh, Truck Frankfurt 2, the Hessian Liga team, uh, hoping in, in this first season of having a full second squad and and how to develop and see what kind of young talent can come up and be contributing at the highest levels as we've seen the Dortmunds do and and other clubs that just develop their young talent keep it in-house that's the goal here with the second team so let's look at where they are right now Um, currently sitting fourth in the Hessian Liga table after nine matches Uh, after a little bit of a sluggish start the team's won five in a row uh, before 
this past weekend. They lost to 19th. There's 20 teams in the league. They lost to 19th place. TSV Steinbach Heiger 2. Probably butchered that name. I apologize to the Steinbach Heiger 2 fans out there. Um, but the second the second team Eagles have been on fire. Uh, 33 goals on the season. That's the best in the league by seven over Freiburg. Uh, they sit at the top of the table. Combine that with only 12 goals allowed and through nine matches, the second Eagles team has a plus 21 goal differential. So you keep that kind of pace going through the season and that's going to lead to a promotion right there. Um, you're sitting at four right now, but there's a lot of room to work your way up. Uh, you know, scoring goals and punches is something our our first team needs to learn from. It's embarrassing going 180 minutes with no goals. Uh, the second division team, at one point, they put up 15 goals over two <laughs> matches. So, you know, share some of that with the big boys. Take it around yeah. the corner to the other training pitch and show them how to hit the damn net. <laughs> oh, that would be great. Oh, please. Um but yeah, you know, there's more more streams being made available for the second team. There's more content available on the website now. So that's the kind of stuff. It, as it keeps getting fed to us, we'll feed it to you. Um, check our socials and we'll share it as, as much as we can get it. Um, and then the other team we love on this podcast, the Eintracht Frankfurt Frauen. Uh, their Bundesliga season starts next weekend. We'll have a preview for you later this week. It might be a separate episode got a whole hell of a lot of content about 12 pages worth of notes to go through so uh, we'll look forward to that one later this week the ladies really put in work uh, this offseason the early champions league exit was rough um, but now we're focused on on the bundesliga we're still in the cup competition so the goals are still goals are still within reach there and they're putting in the work so we'll have a good preview for you later this week and now we're going to move on to the big one this week. Um, a redemption match, I think. Uh, after a, a really disappointing loss last week, Eintracht Frankfurt headed to the Velodrome in Marseille, uh, the home of the 92-93 Champions League winners, Olympique de Marseille, uh, Tuesday, September 13th. You're probably going to be listening to this as your warm-up before the match. Sorry, you got to listen to me, but hey, you get to listen to Jason, and that's fun too. Uh, that'll be 9 p.m. in Frankfurt and Central European time, 3 p.m. on the U.S. East Coast, 12 p.m. West Coast. Uh, in the United States, that match will be on Paramount Plus. By the way, if I'm listing your country here, it's because you visited our website. So if you want to get a national shout out, visit hefpod.com. In Albania, the match will be on RTSH. In Australia, on Stan Sport, Canada, DAZN, Denmark, NENT, Germany, Prime Video Sport, Mexico and Brazil on Warner Discovery Streaming, and on BT Sport in the United Kingdom. So, Jason, let's get right into this. Uh, the Velodrome, for me, it's one of the more formidable places to play in France and anywhere in Europe for the most part, for not sure. counting the Waldstadion. Um Nothing beats Deutsche Bank Park, but uh, the velodrome, the, the fans are loud. It's architecturally built to hold the sound in, and it gets loud. It gets intense there. Um, and league player right now, Marseille is undefeated. In seven matches, they have six wins and a draw. That's tied for the top spot on points 
with Paris Saint-Germain. Um, they're behind significantly on goal differential. Uh, 15 goals for, four against, but that plus 11 is 10 behind PSG after seven matches. Um, but it doesn't matter. This isn't a league match. It's Champions League. So in Group D, Marseille dropped their opener to Tottenham. Uh, I watched that one, the replay of it. I thought it was pretty much a 50-50 match. Um, and Bemba, the, their uh, new signing defender, he was given a straight red just after halftime. Uh, Harry Kane gave a nice through ball to Son. He was on a run on his own behind the defense. And Bembe um, chased him back, went for the tackle outside the box. And as the last defender, you get the legs in that situation. That's straight red every time. After that, though, Tottenham scored two in the last 30 minutes. Um, once you're down a man to a to a quality team like Tottenham, you're not going to recover. And so Marseille is sitting on zero points with a minus two goal differential. We're on zero points with a minus three. So... Let's start with this as we get into this match. Is this a must win or is it would like to win because it's on the road? Oh, I, it's definitely a must win. How would you feel with a draw? I would be hesitant just because our next match after that is going to be against Tottenham, um, which I think is going to be just a, a really tough match for us. So I think winning this would also be good for just our overall spirits, I think, to get the to get the guys kind of feeling good again about themselves. I think the heads are down right now after these two straight defeats, you know, um, from, you know, the Champions League and then uh, against Wolfsburg. So I think a win here is, is actually a, a pretty big, not just in terms of Champions League points, but also in terms of just overall team spirit. Yeah. Uh, history between the two. There's not a lot of it. Uh, we played them in Europa League group stage back in 1819. Uh, Frankfurt won both matches, 2-1 away, 4-0 at home. Now, this is an interesting stat. I, I love going to Google because they always throw up the most obscure stats. Um, but Marseille have lost 15 of their last 16 UEFA Champions League matches uh, with the exception of their last home game in the competition back in December 2020 against Olympiacos. So they're trying to exercise some demons here. Um, and at home seems like a good as, a place as any to do that. I think the benefit of going into a hostile environment um, with our club is that we've done it so much the last few years in you know, going to, well, Barcelona is a home match. That was not hostile at all. But going into a West Ham or or going into Real Betis, places that, you know, road teams often struggle. And while we've had a lot of turnover in the roster, we are familiar with big stage, back-to-the-wall sort of environments. And I kind of agree with you. This is a must-win. Not that a draw eliminates you, but a draw still means you're fighting uphill. Uh, a win in this one puts us above Marseille in the table, and then all you got to do is jump one more in advance. Uh, that's that's to me what this competition is about. I don't care about winning the group. I care about getting out of the group, and that's yeah. a top two finish. So right now we're sitting at the bottom of the group with five matches left. If we move up, then with four matches left, we're sitting 
third in the group, there's room to work with. Back-to-back matches against Tottenham, uh, anything could happen. We we love playing in London. So I, as far as the opponent goes in uh, Olympic Marseille, they have some familiar names, but it's it's interesting where a lot of these guys come from. Uh, Tavares from Arsenal. Uh, they've got what, three guys from Arsenal, two from Roma. Uh, I mean, just names up and down the roster. Alexis Sanchez coming from Inter Milan. Uh, plenty of familiar names we know, some of them older, some of them kind of played out at their previous clubs. But these guys are in the Champions League with something to prove and say, hey, remember me, uh, Arsenal, Tavares, you gave up on me. Um, I'm here to to show you that I can still do it. Uh, they got three guys from Roma, three guys from Arsenal, one from Inter Milan, one from Manchester City, one from Manchester United. So these guys are, you know, coming from quality backgrounds. And that's- yeah, and Sanchez, I think, is actually their leading scorer right now. But he didn't play um, against Tottenham. So it'll be interesting to see if he plays uh, tomorrow. That's really interesting. Uh, I I saw that, too, that he's been their, their leading scorer and leading producer. Um, it, you know, the way that they generally line up, 3-4-3, uh, three, three, that's something that it could – easily exploit our struggles in the middle of the pitch, uh, which is kind of why I want to mix things up a little bit, drop Daichi Kamada back from that front line. I I like him pushing at the goal. He's done some good things for us there this year, but I'm really concerned about getting countered, and that 3-4-3 with four across the middle is a good way to beat, um, beat us in that 4-2-3-1, whatever the hell. Yeah. <laughs> messes that we're throwing out. Um, but for me, it, it's weather the first 20 minutes. If we can weather the first 20 minutes, maybe get to halftime with a few shots on goal, just get comfortable, actually hit the target. It, this is, it's hard because you want to go all, all in, in a must win situation, but you can't abandon the fundamentals that, have gotten us to this competition and that smart calculated play over 90 minutes. Yeah. You know, if I'm hoping that, you know, the, the game against sporting was just sort of an aberration, like we were getting the jitters out of the way and that now, you know, okay, you know, we're, we're used to going into sort of these big sort of arenas, you know, like I'm thinking last year, you know, going to Barcelona, Right. And, you know, we, we know how to do this. We can definitely beat this team um, and going out there with confidence. I think that's going to be key is just, just being confident, knowing that we are we have a quality team and we can do this. It's just a matter of actually executing. Yeah. You know, there's a little bit of a difference in all the Europa League competitions we played in previous years. Uh, you could pencil in a bit of a easy three points. But the Champions League doesn't have that. No. Um, all all four teams are high quality. All deserve to be in this competition over other European competitions. And we cannot have an off night like we did last week. I don't think we were 3-0 bad against Sporting. Um, you know, those two goals in two minutes and then the outlier when we were trying to push. We're not going to see that again. But we also, you know, if we score a goal, if we get a lead... 
we cannot be complacent either. And for me, that's going to come up front with keeping the pedal down to the ground, keep pushing forward. I think we're going to see Jesper Lindstrom start again. He's played well in European competition last year. He didn't play well against sporting, but I think he's going to come out, you know, and want his spot back, to be frank. Um, But I also think his best work is done with Bore on there. So (laughs) I don't know how we can fit all the bodies out there that we want to see, but I might consider moving Kotsa back to that midline, maybe Daichi Kamada on the bench and Kotsa moving in between Jakic and So and bring uh, Lindstrom up front. Kolo Muani can play either side, wherever Lindstrom's more comfortable up front, and Bore is your target man. I don't know. There's there's a few things that can be done, but I don't want to sit anybody up front either. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think, you know, I mean, you're right. You know, Kamada played back. Um, in that first round of the Pokal, you know, before the before the season started. So he definitely could play back there. Yeah. Um, I think it helps to have – I like Goethe um, just because he does bring that experience um, and he does, he does see the field really well. Um, so I, I don't think – I don't think it would be wise to sit, sit him. him. Right. And, he, I mean, the – practical business side of it we're not paying him what we're paying him to sit on the bench in the biggest yeah. competition of the season either i think the, the big question will be what happens with our defense is you know like is is glasner going to go with a four or is he going to revert back to a three back um but even then if that's the case who's going to be that third back is it going to be schmolchic or is it going to be you know are you going to bring hasebe <laughs> in yeah. um you know, with no Lentz, no Pellegrini, um, I'm concerned about a back three because, you you know, Tuta's reliable and Dika's reliable, uh, but without a Torre there, uh, yep. you know, we drop Ansgar Knauf back there. He, you know, he was hardly qualified to play a back four, let alone a back three. So I don't know. Um I don't know. I don't know who your next man up is there. I think Smolchich is the, you know, he's classically trained as a defender, but he hasn't had any experience whatsoever here um, with Frankfurt at this level. So it's kind of a show me match for him if he gets that opportunity. Would you yeah. be comfortable with Smolchich starting? Um, if we played well, I guess it's kind of, yeah, I mean, if we played a – if we played a back four, you could almost put Indika on the left and then Schmolchich in the center. And then on the right, I would actually, you could put Chandler. That's somebody who doesn't get an, a lot of playing time right now, but that would allow Yakich to move back up with So. Um, yeah. But then again, you're you're putting Schmolchich, who, as you said, doesn't have a whole lot of playing time with Frankfurt right in the middle of it. Chandler is a guy who has experience playing in a back four, too. I know yep. we kind of write him off as the victory cigar, but he might also be a critical figure in keeping that defense together uh, while they're going to, you know, I think um, Marseille is going to try and move the ball up the middle, uh, depending on how we line up. If we go with a three, they might try to spread us out a little bit. Tuta has a little bit of a, thing with getting caught out of position they might yeah. try to expose that a little bit he's still 
the most important piece of that back line, in my opinion. But he's got to be careful, too, in the chances he takes out on the side. So, uh, What are your thoughts? Uh, prediction. you got to give me a prediction. Uh, you, it can't be more depressing than mine's going to be. I'll say that. But what do you have as a result in this one? I'm... <sighs> As much as it pains me to say it, I think it's going to be Marseille 2, Frankfurt 1. Well, you stole my thunder. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm with you. Um, 2-1 for Marseille. It's just, I think we're going to be better than we have been the last couple matches. We always seem to play up for Europe. Even in the loss to Sporting, I thought our first half was okay. Um, But, yeah, it's a tough place to play. And... They've got a little too much power. We're still trying to figure ourselves out. Um, I feel more confident once we're back at home uh, for the next Europa competition. Or I think we go to Tottenham first, then we're home. I don't recall. But, yeah, I don't have a good feeling about this one on Tuesday. But that's why they play them, right? Because you yep. never know. You never know what's going to happen. And who knows? It could be that the Moody Diva is going to show up and just totally wail on them. <laughs> You know, this love roller coaster on Mon, at some <laughs> point, it's going back up. Yeah. It always, always does, especially with this team. So, yeah, Jason, it was fun. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Uh, where can we find you on Twitter? I am on Twitter at Jason L. Canole. Jason is a regular uh, follower, interactor with HalfPod, and we enjoy going back and forth with him, and that's what earned him his spot here today. So, you know, if the guys decide not to show up next week, it could be someone else filling in. You just got to uh, hit us up on Twitter at uh, HEF pod, hit us up on Instagram at Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, Facebook.com slash half pod or www.hefpod.com. And that does it for episode 237. Uh, we're really hoping the results of the match is better than our predictions here. But that's why the game is played. We'll see what happens. We'll see you later this week with episode 238. Uh, The second division team, at one point, they put up 15 goals over two (laughs) matches. So, you know, share some of that with the big boys.